Believe in Betting LA episode three. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. We're on the Believe Podcast Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-B.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find us, of course, wherever you choose to get your podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. This is episode number three. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, former Claremont McKenna superstar defensive lineman Chris Lewart. For the first time, we're doing this remotely. Hopefully, this sounds uh, even better than the first two episodes here. Chris, how are you doing this fine Wednesday evening? I'm doing very well, Sam. How are you? No, I'm doing really well. It's a little hot in my uh, as a kitchen, as you know. Uh, as of the first episode, we had to open that window up. That's where we heard the roaring engines, the sirens, the, the beautiful city noises of Culver City and Sepulveda Boulevard. Always a good time. So it's hot in here, uh, but I'm good. You know, a couple of training camps were reported today. I think four different teams, uh, four different NFL teams reported for training camp. We are inching our way towards football season. Uh, This is the slowest week of the sports calendar year. NBA free agency is over. Uh, It's the week after the All-Star break in baseball. Uh, But we're getting to some really fun times here, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's definitely the, the calm before the storm. It's going to be overwhelming here, right, in the next three weeks, in the next month. You're going to get your hard knocks. You're going to get your fantasy football drafts. It's going to feel like a, a deluge of information and sports coming, and this is just the calm before the storm. So uh, I would tell everybody to yeah, buckle up, you know, enjoy <laughs> yourself, take a little break, take a deep breath, maybe uh, get to the gym once or twice because yeah. uh, there's going to be a lot of couch. Family. No, do yourself a favor. If you live with your significant other, whoever that may be, Give them the remote the next month or so. Just just, just let them watch whatever shows they want. I've been watching a lot of TLC, a lot of Bravo. It's good. I've been watching some good shows, and uh, you know the girlfriend feels like she has a little bit of editorial saying what we watch, which is always a good thing. It's funny. When I was a kid, August was actually my least favorite month of the year. You went back to school. It was hot. It was the month before football season. But now, with fantasy football, I love August. I get to travel. I get to see my friends. We have a big party for our fantasy football draft. And July is actually, believe it or not, my least favorite month of the year, and so we're a square in the middle of July, uh, but we still got some fun things to talk about. We're going to talk about some baseball here today. As we mentioned, it's the first week after the All-Star break. The Dodgers are coming back in town here on Friday after a lengthy road trip. The Angels are still surging. We're going to talk a little bit of football as well, and we're going to have a brief mention of UCLA and SC football. They're reporting to training camp later this month, so we can talk some college football very briefly here. But this one will be a relatively brief episode uh, since we don't really have a lot to bet on so far. Again, you can find me on Twitter at S Maxwell, my first initial S, last name Maxwell713. And you can find Chris at Lou Mandingo Rock, L E W M A N D I. Is it N G O or just G O? Uh, N G O. That's uh, that, would, that would be me fat fingering writing something out, which is. Uh... Lou Mandingo Rock. Yeah. Lou Mandingo Rock. And then, of course, Chris <laughs> and the homies at Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. Great. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk here a little bit of baseball. And the Dodgers, uh, they're, they're starting to get going here. They, they lost a heartbreaking. Uh, and, and just for everyone to know, we're recording this uh, at 6.30 roughly on Wednesday evening. Dodgers are actually playing right now against the Phillies. They had a really crazy game yesterday. Now, if you saw, they took the lead in the, bottom, in the top of the ninth. They ended up losing in the bottom of the ninth of walk-off. Uh, I think it was Bryce Harper who took that one. Uh, Dodgers are playing really well right now. We we expect that skid to come. It, it did briefly come. They lost four in a row, but since then, uh, they've been firing all centers again. I don't know if you've been watching these games, Chris, but Pantone 294 is the Dodgers' official fan group. It's actually the, the specific shade of blue that the Dodgers are is Pantone 294. Uh, they've been sending out tens of thousands, if not more, fans to these games in Boston and Philadelphia. These videos on Twitter circulating of the Let's Go Dodgers chants, the 
domination, a sea of blue in these stands is really something. The Dodgers, uh, much maligned fan base, but it's a massive fan base, and it's a very passionate fan base as well. Yeah, I was uh, surprised watching the Red Sox series, uh, how they managed to get so many Dodger fans right near the Dodger bullpen. That visitor's bullpen is right near the stands uh, at Fenway. And lo and behold, I was thinking that Kenley Jensen would be getting all sorts of uh, noise thrown his way. And I look, and there's, you know, a dozen Dodger fans right there. Being able to warm up in peace and silence was something I wasn't expecting in Fenway. So uh, kudos to that, to the, the Pento 294. Is that what it is? Antone 294. Antone. They're also a, a great Twitter follow if you're, if you're a Dodger fan. Uh, I highly recommend it. And those trips look amazing. I would, I would recommend uh, doing that for anyone who's a, a passionate Dodger fan. I was actually talking to someone, a lifelong Red Sox fan, and he told me it was the first time that he's ever been at Fenway where there's more opposing fans than Red Sox fans. So that, that is truly a remarkable feat. And, you know, the Red Sox have an, an amazing fan base. So to do that uh, is really an accomplishment. All right. Let's talk about the Dodgers here. They are currently playing as we speak. We can't bet on today's game. Uh, they have a game early tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. You're probably be listening to this after the game uh, is already at least tipped, or excuse me, the first pitch has been thrown. So uh, can't bet on that one tomorrow yet either. But they come home. They have a three-game series with the Marlins this weekend. They're throwing their best three pitchers, Hyunjin Ryu on Friday, Clayton Kershaw on Saturday, Walker Bueller on Sunday. Do you think there's any chance they could sweep? And have you ever seen series odds in baseball? Because that kind of would be something fun, I would think. Yeah, I think the I think the Dodgers are going to be a very heavy favorite, um, as they should be. The Marlins are not a good baseball team, and the Dodgers are one of the best. Uh, the only thing the Dodgers have working against them is they're going to be traveling across the country. They've been on the East Coast for, what, probably 10 days at this point uh, between travel and, and the games they're going to be playing. Uh, so I would I would probably look to look at some unders. I don't think the Marlins are going to be hitting uh, the Dodgers in particular and the Dodgers pitching staff, especially with uh, Ryu going. Uh, I think those could be could be attractive bets. And and again, I uh, you know I've I've said kind of we're going to fade the Dodgers here. It's not something that I don't think the Dodgers are great or the Dodgers are going to win these games. Uh, I'm simply saying you might be able to find value on people who are who are betting for the Dodgers. You might get a better price if you're betting against them. Is all I actually like the Dodgers a lot. If you gave me a hundred dollar free bet right now on somebody to win the World Series, I would probably put it on the Dodgers. So. Uh, I would look at those props again. I think you're going to be able to find value there, uh, especially on those unders and the runs. Uh, first halves as well are always really nice after people traveling across the country. Um, you can look for those uh, first half over-unders or first half plus plus a half, minus a half, one way or the other, and, and see if you can get a good price compared to what you're looking for. Now, let me ask you this. Now, uh, a couple things I want to ask you. First of all, when, it, when you talk about being on the East Coast traveling across the country, that's where they do the game so early. Tomorrow it's called a getaway game, and, and they want to get that game obviously over with uh, early as possible. That way they can get home and sleep in their own beds at a decent hour. Uh, does that affect how you feel about flying across the country one way or another? Just east to west matter versus west to east? And then additionally, they've been on the, the East Coast, uh, but the All-Star game was in Cleveland. So for those four or five Dodgers that were in the All-Star game, uh, they had those couple days to kind of acclimate to East Coast time, and, and they weren't traveling in the same capacity. Do either one of those things matter when you come uh, when it comes to betting on the Dodgers or really any other baseball team? Yeah, I wouldn't think. I think baseball probably is less uh, susceptible to it because they travel so much all the time. Now, granted, they do kind of they put these road trips together, right? The Dodgers playing a couple series on the East Coast because they were already out there. I'd like to see. You know, I don't know this. Obviously, I can't tell their travel schedule, but I hope Ryu right after he pitched in Boston, he caught that flight and he went back right away and was starting to prep for the next game. Like that's the sort of stuff that I think can really help. 
Um, and I would imagine that the Dodgers are doing something like that. So baseball, yeah, less immune. Um, I just think the general public isn't quite thinking into it long enough, uh, hard enough on betting odds. You could probably take advantage of them thinking it might be a bigger deal than it is. I did read once that in football, like East Coast teams traveling west and West Coast teams traveling east, uh, one coast to the other, it's, it's like abysmal on those teams against the money line trying to win when they've crossed three time zones to play. Um, I'll have to look that up as we get closer to football season. But that's when it's a big deal, I think, when they're spending the entire week in their local time zone and then only get 48 hours to, to where they are and where they're going to play. And their their clock just isn't ready. You know, these guys run like uh, such a machine on such a schedule that when you throw it off a little bit, they're just not quite 100 percent. You know, they might be running at 95 before they kind of get used to it in the, in the second half. And then, you know, in, in football, the game can be over. Right. Yeah, I mean, with football, I believe the West Coast team's going east when they play that early game, early morning, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Those are remarkable, the amount of against the spread uh, victories for the home teams. It's, it's very lopsided, especially uh, in the playoffs. Um, I think east to west is, is still obviously very bad, but it's, it's not quite as bad. Uh, but obviously, you know, those early morning games, especially you see this in college a lot, too. For you sure. see these Pac-12 teams going and playing these early season games against the SEC, ACC, these neutral fields. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're tipping off at, at noon Eastern. That's 9 a.m. Pacific time. These guys are just barely rolling out of bed, probably. Yeah, uh, college in college dorms. So, they, <laughs> exactly. And look, no judgment at all. When I was in college, I could barely show up for, you know, 930 classes because I was too, uh, you know, and not able to kind of get out of bed. So, uh, very much a part of your time, a part of your life where you're able to do that. For you burgeoning college students out there, no classes yeah. before noon. That's what you want to do. No and classes on Friday, yeah. no classes before noon. That's, that, that's the strategy. Yep, that's you're going to raise your GPA by a full point if you can stick to those rules. <laughs> GPA doesn't really matter. If you're going to, if you're going to grad school, sure. Uh, for all those college students out there, try as hard as you can for the pride of it and for learning something. You really want to teach your brain how to learn. <laughs> More so than you want to get a B or an A. I think that's I think that's some good advice. Um, so the Dodgers playing extremely well. Their offense is clicking. Cody Bellinger now leads the MLB in home runs. I believe at 34. Hyunjin Ryu, my favorite player in baseball, my favorite Dodger for a long time. He's just such a lovable character. Uh, he's pitching on Friday there. I may even go to that one myself. Uh, so let me just ask you, the Dodgers. There's not great value on them, obviously, because they're such a public team, such a great, successful team. Do you ever consider betting money line on the Dodgers, even if it is uh, very prohibitive in the cost? Uh, it can be tough. It just it ends up like economically, it just often doesn't make sense. Uh, you have to pay such a high price, uh, even on the money line, to, to kind of get where you want. And you know, when when stag capital is betting, we're we're counting the cents, right? That's that's kind of how we've been successful at what we do. Is that every Every quarter, every dime, every nickel matters uh, when we're putting our money down. But I think I think the opportunity that we see a lot is the alt lines, the alternate lines. When you're looking at a Dodgers minus one half or a Dodgers, especially when the offense is clicking right now, those alt lines are probably very attractive. And that's right. So you can get a really nice price on something like that. And and again, shop around, right? Don't just don't just trust one source. Get the best price you can. But the Dodgers, I mean, obviously Bellinger can mash, uh, and that whole lineup is is dangerous. All those guys can can hit it deep. So that's the sort of thing where the Dodgers will blow up and score 14 runs, right? And it'll be no big deal. Uh, and if you're getting a good price with it, it just, you feel like a million bucks, right? When you, I love checking a score and realizing that it's, you know, eight to two in the sixth inning and just, you can turn you know, it off. You've got to yep. be with your family. If you, if that's you right. That 
<laughs> feeling like a million bucks about it. So that's that, you know, I would definitely check that out. If you can get right. an opportunity to get down some alternate line bets, um, that's a ton of value, especially on a team like the Dodgers that, that you like and want to cheer for and enjoy watching. You know, you can be their biggest fan when they're starting the game down, you know, minus uh, one and a half runs. Um, it'll, it'll make it that much sweeter when they win. Especially against a team like the Marlins. I think these all lines are probably a really good way to go, especially with this team, how they're mashing. After the Marlins, the Dodgers will host the Anaheim Angels, or the LA Angels of Anaheim. I still call them Anaheim Angels. Uh, and yes, so they're, they're going to play the Angels. Let's transition over to talk about LA's other baseball team. The Angels are still surging. They still have not lost a game after the All-Star break, and that includes a couple of games without Mike Trout. He's day-to-day uh, with, I believe, a calf strain. He, I think, is questionable for the game tonight, so he certainly may play. Uh, the Angels still surging since we last talked. How have you been betting this Angels team? Does it affect its strategy at all without Mike Trout? I think when Mike Trout is out is when you're really going to want to bet the Angels because I think the public is going to overreact to that. Um, not to downplay Mike Trout, he's the best player in baseball, and if he keeps it up, will be the best. Him and Babe Ruth will be the two best baseball players to ever play. But tonight, for example, for the first time in a while, I was able to get down money on the Angels' first half, plus a half a run. Uh, and it's been a little while since I, I can remember betting actually on the Angels, so bet against them quite a bit. But that's the sort of thing where I would love to bet the Angels all weekend long, especially if Trout doesn't play or maybe he's just on pinch-hitting duty, something like that. I would be all over uh, getting money down on the Angels because I think that team is, we had said before, right, I think they're, they're going to be playing with a lot of passion after Skaggs, um, but that's the sort of thing, right? They're right in the middle of it, right? It's the eye of the storm right now. And I'm looking at another week or 10 days of them playing really fired-up baseball uh, and take advantage of that when you can. Yeah, the Angels are just just like that. I mean, they're four games over 500. They're creeping their way back in to this wild card race. They could absolutely make the playoffs to make a move. I mean, if you're looking at some high upside teams to take some future bets, I think the Angels are right there with a couple of other teams. I mean, this is a very talented team, as you mentioned. They do have the best player in baseball still. He is injured. He's going to come back. But the Angels, I think they have a lot of talent. I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're an Angel fan. I do think, you know, at some point the emotion of losing a, a teammate will, will come down. But I think this team is built to win 85 to 90 games, maybe even more than that. And that's going to be good enough to get them into the playoffs. We could definitely see both baseball teams in L.A. make the playoffs, which would be very exciting. I think it would be the first time uh, since 2013 when the Angels had that remarkable season uh, but had the loss in the uh, divisional round. Now, let me just ask you one more question about the Angels before we move on here. With Mike Trout, uh, he was obviously scintillating before this injury. He gets injured. He's out two games, maybe three games, however many more games he tends to miss. Do you look to bet on these players, on the you know these star players that come back from injuries, do you look to bet on them uh, in props when they come back from the game? Do you think you're going to get more favorable um, props because they're coming back from injury and there's a little bit of unknown? It can be, right? That's absolutely one of those things that, you know, I haven't kept, I haven't kept close enough eye on it, right? But you might get you know, Trout, uh, his odds for, for getting a hit, right? It's will player X get a hit, you know, guy like Trout, it's going to be minus 200, something like that, because he's so damn good. When he comes back, are you going to be able to get it at minus 125, right? You're going to get right. it at minus 115. Um, get so all that's over when it. you would probably take that, right? Yeah, that's when you get all over it is when... It's almost cheating. Yep, it's yeah. When the when the books or the public has made the line skew to a point where they're like, oh, he's going to come back, he's Mike Trout, they're going to bring him along slow... Maybe he's facing a good pitcher. Uh, it's not. It's not something that that you think about. And that's exactly that's exactly the sort of thing when we pounce when we end up getting a lot of money down on on a guy like Trout. Mm-hmm. And that's 
that's like sitting in the catbird seat. That's my favorite time to bet is when I have my money on a really good team or a really good player uh, because they're undervalued or because somebody's doubting what they're doing. It's it's not often we get to cheer for the best, and that's absolutely my heaven is when I got my money down on the best player in baseball. And we have probably the two best players in all of baseball here in L.A. And, of course, Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger. So it's a treat if you're a baseball fan in L.A., uh, don't take it for granted. Enjoy this. This is a fun, fun ride. Uh, both the Dodgers and Angels are playing some great ball right now. All right, let's move on. Let's talk football here. And it's probably both of our favorite sports. We had four teams report to training camp today. Very exciting times. I want to talk briefly here again about the Rams. Last time we saw the Rams, they could barely move the ball against the New England Patriots uh, in what was probably one of the worst Super Bowls uh, I can remember. The Rams are an interesting team this year. As we talked about last time, we have the whole Todd Gurley thing. Uh, their offensive line, I think, might take a step back. They lost Roger Saffold. Uh, they're not going to be quite as elite of a unit. I think their defense is still going to be absolutely tremendous. But can they repeat what they did last year? Do you like the Rams this year? They're still a heavy favorite to win both the division. Uh, and they're right up there with some of the best in terms of winning the Super Bowl. How do you tend to bet teams coming off of a Super Bowl loss? Does that matter to you at all? Do you look at things in a vacuum moving forward? Or do you take into consideration how they fared the year before? Just before we jump into that, Sam, it occurred to me that L.A. has the best baseball player in Trout, has the best basketball player in LeBron, and the best football player in Aaron Donald. Not often that happens. So Los Angeles, enjoy it. You have absolutely elite talent across your sports. Across the, uh, the entire professional landscape, I mean, the, you, you didn't mention the Chargers. I think they're a Super Bowl contender this year. The Clippers are the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship. The Dodgers, I believe, are still the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. So, you know, those six teams are, are absolutely, you know, hot right now. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great time to be a sports fan. Yep. These things are uh, cyclical, though, obviously. So just enjoy it. For sure. So um, remind me what you asked me about. What do I think about the uh, – just in general, Super Bowl hangovers, how do you feel about the Rams this year? Do you think they're a good bet to win the division? They're over-under this season. Uh, just your general thoughts about the Rams and how you're going to bet them this year. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a hangover, but um, right now, if I had to bet it, I would definitely take the Rams uh, under, and I'm looking at 10.5 wins uh, would be a good bet right now if you can get it. Something around, you know, minus 130, minus 135 is probably a fair price. I wouldn't pay more than minus 140 um, if you're going to want to take a Rams under and you're going to want to take it early. Chargers over looking really good, I think. Um, I'm looking at nine and a half wins. And mm, that's what I see as well, yep. Yeah, I would be, I would be all over that. Uh, and I don't, you know, is it a Super Bowl hangover? I do think those long seasons can wear on you a little bit. You know, those guys have to play extra games. They got to do the media stuff, and then their off season starts a little late because they're doing endorsement deals. You know, they're working on their media campaigns. They're doing X, Y, and Z. All these things that are taking them away from getting ready for the season, uh, family time. Right? They want to go on vacation. They want to relax a little bit, mm -hmm. and you just start a little bit later than you normally would if you weren't involved in it. Um, it's just kind of the the curse of winning. Uh, that's what you have to deal with. So. I could see the Rams stumbling a little bit, starting off a little slow. Uh, that's the sort of thing where I'd probably take some unders in the first couple weeks, player props. Um, prove it to me first. Make sure you're ready to go. And team like that, too, I, I also get the feeling that it's, it's you know, okay, guys, it's a long season. We know what we need to do. We know we're talented enough to make it there. Let's. It's like that complacency that you feel like you just have to ease your way into it. And that's, you know, I don't get that feeling when I look at the Chargers. Uh, it's just a, a team that plays like its hair is on fire. 
and uh, say what you want about Philip Rivers. The guy plays every game like it's his last. He's just so fired up, screaming at his own teammates all the time. And uh, it tells you when his teammates don't really yell back, right? You don't hear a lot of stuff in the media about they're getting sick of getting yelled at by him. I think that says a lot to the kind of player he is when your quarterback and your leader um, is so fired up in the game that you expect that from him. You know he's going to voice his opinion and what you like. So, yeah, probably Rams under if I had to bet it today and Chargers over is what, is what I would do. Yeah, I mean, the Rams have a, a really difficult uh, out-of-the-gate schedule. Their opening game is on the road. It's one of those west-to-east 10 a.m. tips that we were just talking about against the Panthers, who I think are going to be a, a bounce-back team. I don't know if they're going to be excellent, but they're going to be a very good team. Their second game, their first home game of the year, uh, is against the Saints, who are going to be coming out uh, with something to prove, certainly, uh, after how the NFC Championship game went. And then they go on the road again to the East Coast. This is going to be a primetime game, a 520 Pacific tip against the Browns, who a lot of people, it's kind of a media darling. I think they're a team necess- potentially to fade. Uh, but that's a really difficult opening schedule for the Rams. They could easily start 1-2 and two in that schedule. I think you're probably right in that regard. But uh, let's keep an eye on that opening game against the Panthers to see what that line opens up at. And then, like you said, I think the Chargers over 9.5 is one of the best bets of the year. There is a lot of juice on that. There's a lot of heavy action on the over. I think it's minus 140 is what I'm getting on the action network. Um, but I just don't see how this team regresses that much. They won 12 games last year. They dropped a couple games that they should have won. I don't see the division. I don't see the Broncos uh, or the Raiders really being that much improved. And I do think the Chiefs are going to come back down to earth a little bit here, especially uh, if the NFL levies a suspension for Tyreek Hill, like I expect. So I think the Chargers are a good bet, not only to go over nine and a half wins, I think they're a great bet to win the division. And of course, both the conference and the Super Bowl. We talked about last time, they're 18 to one right now. I think it's a really good bet. I think there's a lot of value there. Uh, this is a team with arguably as much talent uh, as anyone in the entire NFL. They're a very balanced team. Of course, a lot hinges, I think, on getting Melvin Gordon back. You know, forget about not having Melvin Gordon, which is a pretty big deal in its own right. Having the distraction of asking these players every single practice, every single day about Melvin Gordon's holdout uh, is, is difficult as well. Assuming that they can get that taken care of and it works out for both sides. I love the Chargers this year. I think they're one of the best bets in the NFL. The Rams, it remains to be seen. That's going to be a difficult schedule for them opening up. And, of course, the expectations are through the roof. And, look, we see this year after year after year at the Super Bowl losers. Um, they don't tend to fare as well the next year. Let's see if the Rams could be an exception. But uh, that's definitely going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, before we move on here, uh, both these teams, do you see any sort of sleeper candidates for MVP? Do you, do you think Philip Rivers has any chance of capturing that MVP? Probably not. Uh, realistically, I don't I, I don't see, unless, I mean, it's the guys won what, back-to-back defensive players of the year, but I just, I'm enthralled with Aaron Donald. Rivers is 14-1 to 1 to win River, MVP right now. Rivers is 14-1. to 1. Yeah, that just feels a little high. Um, I know he's good. I like him. I got nothing wrong with, with Philip mm-hmm. Rivers, but mm-hmm. I just... You know, that's something I'd probably want to get 20 to 1 on. I just, I mean, Jared I got 60 to 1. That's yeah, six, yeah, six golf. And it, so 60 to 1, yeah, for golf. Yeah. You know, that's something I wouldn't, wouldn't mind throwing 50 bucks on. Um, see if they let him air it out a little bit more. You know, is Gurley still limping? Did he have surgery? What does he look like? The, you know, the, the cloud around his injury, and he just didn't play for the last two playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on with him? Is golf going to light the world on fire? Maybe, you know, that's something that you're getting such great odds on that. Uh, I wouldn't mind for doing that in a second, but yeah, I mean, the NFL is just, it's so hyper-competitive. It's just so, so much talent. Uh, it's so hard to project on things like that. But again, that's what I really like is when in doubt on that stuff, 
you know, who do you like? Who do you want to take a flyer on? And are you getting a good a good uh, return on that dollar? Uh, it's golf is a great example. It's sixty to one. Yeah, why not, man? Throw twenty five bucks, throw fifty bucks on that, and cheer like crazy, right? Every week that that golf is airing it out. Guy throws a good ball. He's got a damn good team around him. So uh, why not? I think golf is a, is a really good bet at sixty to one. I don't necessarily love the Rams this year, as we said, in terms of the over or under with ten and a half, or even to win the division necessarily. Uh, but you know, look. When it comes to betting MVPs in Heisman's, the one thing we know is it's almost certainly going to be a quarterback, and it's almost certainly going to be on a dominant team. And the Rams yep. have the genetic, the makeup, really, of, of both those things. They're going to probably be a very good team. We don't think it's necessarily a great bet to be over 10.5, but uh, if, if the odds were even and you told me, are they going to be a winning team? Are they going to win 10-11 games this year? Yes, I think, I think they will. Jared Goff, as we know, is a quarterback, so I think that's a good bet. Uh, Philip Rivers, a lot of respect there at fourteen one. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. That, that is a lot of respect. So uh, we'll get to, to the NFL training camp, but the Rams and Chargers, I think, both report next week, and it'll be really exciting to have them back. Uh, the Rams are still up in, I, uh, I believe, Thousand Oaks area, and the Chargers are down there uh, in Irvine, Costa Mesa. So some really exciting times in the NFL. Both these teams could be good. We could see an all LA. Uh, Super Bowl as well. I think we you know, came close to that last year, and we can certainly see that again this year. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about our final segment of the day, and that's going to be the two college football teams. And both these teams coming off of pretty disappointing seasons last year. Uh, SC surprisingly kept head coach Clay Helton, and year one of the uh, Chip Kelly experiment at UCLA did not go as planned. Um, and I was listening to a podcast, Brad Powers, shout out to him on the Dream Preview podcast with R.J. Bell, he was talking about how in the first year, these kind of speeded up offenses, these spread offenses, they tend to do poorly in their first season. You don't have the personnel yet. Uh, you may not be up to speed yet with everything. Uh, but in the second year, things tend to click. And I think we saw that later down the season last year with UCLA. They started scoring uh, with those last three, four games of the season. Uh, they put up some really good numbers. They scored. Uh, they only scored 21 points against Oregon, 28 points in a tough game at ASU, a three-point loss. They scored 34 in a win over SC. They scored 42 in a close loss in their final game of the season at a home game against Stanford. This UCLA team, over under five and a half. I'm going to let you speak about it first, uh, but I have a very strong opinion about this one. Yeah, I've not really been impressed by UCLA football for almost the entirety of the time I've been in Los Angeles outside of watching Maurice Jones-Drew single-handedly beat Cal in the Rose Bowl in one of the great, I think he had two. I was there. I was there that game. Like two two punt return touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, He was excellent that game. Yeah, outside of that, not really a lot that I've seen from UCLA that I've been impressed by. But uh, was it five and a half, the over-under? Five and a half. Yeah, I would be all over that over. Um, Without knowing, without even looking at anything else, um, that seems like, very doable and uh, something that I would, that's, you know, that's one of those things like jump on early right now, right? Like mm-hmm. normally I would say wait mm-hmm. as long as you possibly can to get your bets in. But if you've got that feeling and the price is right, that like you're a UCLA believer, right? You think Chip Kelly's offense is really going to click this year. Uh, get on it now and, you know, be that person who bought the stock so low that you're, you're waving that ticket around to your friends uh, come the middle of the season when they're, they're six games in and they have five wins already. Look, they had an absolutely doomsday season last year. They went 3-9. and nine, but They got halfway to that six-win total last year. They have a little bit easier of a schedule this year. They still have to go on the road to play Cincinnati. 
I'm not sure if that's going to that, – that's a big swing game there. I think it was about a point and a half as the spread for that one. If they win that game, I think they're certainly going over. They have a home game against San Diego State. I think they're going to win that one. They have a home game against Oklahoma. That'll be a very difficult game. And then they go into conference play. I think you're going to get at least four to five conference wins. And there should be a much-improved UCLA offense. Chip Kelly will get things going here. They're going to have a new quarterback. I think this is a really slam-dunk thing. And, and back to Brad Powers, this is actually his bet of the year in the Pac-12 conference was over five and a half wins for the UCLA Bruins. And I think we're both on the same page there. Moving on to SC, they had an absolutely disastrous season last year, as I hinted earlier. Their over-under is a little bit more difficult for me. It's at seven. There is some juice on the over. It's minus 120. Give me your thoughts here, uh, if you have any, on this year's SC football team. Yeah, that's a little tough. Um, 120 for seven wins in a, in a pretty competitive conference. USC is just so damn talented every year, and they should just they should they have been but in recent history just have not been in that conversation at the end of the year when they absolutely should be and i know people have pointed to coaches people have pointed to the administration what's going on uh it was interesting to me that they decided to keep uh coach helton um but you can only pay so many coaches you know the two million dollars a year you owe them every year right before you have to kind of stick with one um, but that's, uh, that's an under for me right now. Uh, I can't, I can't see myself getting, getting on that bandwagon at the moment. And, you know, sure. I could like have massive egg on my face in something like this when they're, you know, 10 and one, right. And they're going to win the pac 12, but it just, I'm just not inspired by them. I just can't see anything that I really want to attach myself to and get excited about. They have a difficult schedule. So they have nine conference games. There's three non-conference game, of course. They play Notre Dame every year this year. It's on the road, October 12th. They play a pretty good Fresno State team in their opener at home. Uh, and their other non-conference game is at BYU. So they're really challenging themselves. That could be good or it could be bad. I don't really have a strong opinion on this, but if I had to lean one, I would take the over. I think this is a team that will bounce back. I don't think this conference is necessarily uh, very strong. They have to go up and play Washington. Uh, but the other really good team, I think, in this conference, Oregon, they're going to get them at home November 2nd. So I can see this going either way. Um, I think it's good, though, you have it at seven. I don't see them winning six games necessarily. That's what it's going to take to get the under. I think seven is really that sweet spot. And if you get to seven, you're going to break even. Anything above that, uh, you're going to be cashing in money. We'll talk a little bit further about both UCLA and USC football as the, as the beginning of training camp and obviously the season uh, gets underway. But a little bit of reason for optimism, I think, for both these teams. I think that at the very least, they should be better, both of these teams, uh, than they were a season ago, which, of course, is not saying very much. And the Pac-12 yeah. should be a lot better uh, as well. Any final thoughts here, Chris, for episode three? Um, no. I think uh, enjoy yourselves. Again, as we said at kind of the top of the podcast, uh, this is the calm before the storm. You know, get your ducks in a row, mow the lawn, do the dry cleaning, <laughs> uh, get it ready because you're going to be doing your fourth fantasy football draft while trying to watch a, a, you know, a college football preview. And That's right. you're not going to have your stuff ready. You know, now Best, best gotta, times of the year, baby. I can't, uh, this, I can't wait. That's right. This is the this is the gambler's off season, right? So yes, eat a salad, get in the gym, let your wife watch uh, her home and garden TV, and uh, and get and get ready. It's the anticipation is the highest form of pleasure, Sam. So enjoy. There it. we go. There we go. Awesome guys. Well, that was a fun episode three for Chris for Stack Capital Believe Podcast Networks. I'm Sam Maxwell. We'll see you guys next time.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.